story is not about the presence under the tree. It's not about the sails or the songs or the snow. It's about a promise God gave us for every time we feel isolated, forgotten, lonely, for everyone who needs connection, closeness, warmth, or just to know they're not alone. This story is about Emmanuel, God with us. Good morning, good morning, good morning. My name is Sven, my wife Amber and I, we volunteer here at Christ the King, Sudden Valley from time to time. Thank you, Pastor Jason, for uh, inviting me to share this morning. And uh, my kids, Tenzin and Vesper, are downstairs this morning. Uh, we live these days in a small apartment in Tacoma most of the time. And then uh, every so many weekends, we're able to be here. And it's so good to be in Sudden Valley. And when we were driving in on Thursday, uh, out by Alger, that it was snowing. And I was just like, yes. The snow is here instead of flooding that would be great and uh, and so super great and it's still snowing it's still snowing right here there are, if you're not able to see online there are giant snowflakes up here they're above me they're pretty great um, thank you for singing this morning those of you in the room uh, I think if I the one of the ways that I've experienced the with the with portion of what it means to follow Jesus that we're talking about in this series. One of the ways I've experienced withness, withness, the with has is has been um, singing with other people who love Jesus and just being together singing, and it's just uh, that's always one of my favorite ways. And so it, this morning, just just those moments, thank you, with the worship team, just being right here, singing Emmanuel, God with us. So um, let's pray. Jesus, we love you. I pray that as I share what's on my heart, what I feel like you've placed on my heart, um, that, that whatever your Holy Spirit wants, uh, whatever Jesus wants from these words, you'd make it happen. Um, take, the, take whatever it is that I have and make good on it with your re redemptive power, with your goodness, with your grace. Amen. Amen, amen. Some people are really good at um, celebrating Christmas. You ever see someone and you're just like, ha, that's good. Uh, recently, I, there, I saw a guy with so many Christmas lights on his bicycle where I was like, he must have like a giant battery pack in his, in his backpack because there's no way. How are you powering all those lights? I mean, there, were, there was like a light show on the ground around him. There was... And thank God for LED. It has made the technology for such things especially good. And so I love, I love Christmas, Christmas lights. Um, so many things uh, about Christmas that I love. Um, this morning, I, I have a message of hope for myself and for us. And I'd, I, in, in these next moments, I'd love to tackle maybe a, a big concept, but at the same time, for it to just for it to just be made real by Jesus in a really simple way. Uh, Matthew, in his gospel, describes an angel of the Lord appearing to Joseph in a dream 
and explaining that Mary, who had never been physically intimate with a man, that um, describes that she had been overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. She was pregnant with a child that would be named Jesus. And then Matthew explains that this would fulfill Isaiah, the prophet who wrote this. This is Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. This is, this is the, um, the, the verse that this whole, where this whole uh, concept of with comes from. It says, the, says this, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And that's from Isaiah 7, chapter 14, if you wanted to write that down or track that down yourself. God with us, Emmanuel. And so this morning, in these next moments, I'd like to think, to take a moment and go, wait, God with us. Three simple words. But what God? And what kind of with? And us? Even us? Even me? Even us? So, what God? Who is this God? Are, are we willing to face the possibility that there may be a God or this supernatural entity that is beyond us who, who, who knows more than us? Just the concept of there being a God at all is very humbling. It's like, wait a second, there may be a God, and if there is, that's kind of like admitting I don't know everything, right? There's something beyond me. There's, and that's a scary, in the information age, where we like to think of ourselves as, as being so connected to resources and knowledge and, uh, and a lot of um, perspective from living in our time. Um, the perspective of being able to study history for centuries. We like to think of ourselves as knowing a lot, but could it be that there is a God and that we actually don't know everything? But this God that I'm talking about in Christianity is a God who very much so understands this idea of with. This idea of with is in uh, what we would call the Trinity. And it's going to help us understand that we're invited to have relationship with the God who understands with very well, the source and originator of community itself. We love the with amongst ourselves, which is so good. We're, we're made for that. We're created for that. But we're also made for connection to God, a with with God. And in eternity past, outside of time, one God made up of perfect unity between three persons, wasn't bored or lonely. God, outside, at the beginning of time, out, outside of time as we know it, wasn't bored, wasn't wishing he had something to do. But in that time, there was perfect community of abundance and generosity and creativity. God the Father, God the Son, the Word, We've, we've, we've all read John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Jesus, at the foundation of the world, was the uncreated God alongside the Holy Spirit and the Father. That the Word was there. God the Son, the Word, God the Holy Spirit. Genesis 1 says that during the creation process, the Spirit of God is hovering over the waters. God wasn't bored, but out of that abundance, there would be this great generosity. Everything that, this creative possibility, and, and, and God wanted to create us because there was so much love to give. God wanted to have relationship with us, 
to, to create this universe that we live in because there was just so much ex extra creativity. There was just so much abundance. And if you're new to Christianity, um, it's common practice uh, for us to read the Christian Bible and care about what it says because we believe that, that, that this Bible, this, I'll call it the Christian Bible to try to differentiate from other Bibles, um, comes from God. We believe that the Holy Spirit ins inspired human authors to write it. By the Holy Spirit, they were, they were inspired to write it. But we also believe that, that human beings were inspired to compile it and go, wait a second, you know what? Through time, we as a church, we realize, hey, wait, that's, that's the Word of God. That comes from God. Wait, no, that's from God. And also, right now, this morning, when we read the Bible, we are experiencing the Holy, the Holy Spirit inspiring us to read it. So the Holy Spirit writing it through human authors, the Holy Spirit enabling people to compile it, the Holy Spirit right now active in the Word today, helping us to read it. This eternal God. So much is going on with Jesus. The, the Bible that I'm talking about through the Holy Spirit, the entire thing points to Jesus. Jesus is the high point of, the, of all of Scripture. Jesus is the whole reason for its existence. All of Scripture is pointing to Jesus, and then when you get to Jesus, you realize, wait a second, now that I see where all of this was going, I can look back at the whole Bible and go, oh, wait, where was Jesus all along? What are, where are the clues? What, what is it that Jesus is going to do? And here's a couple of the pieces of the puzzle that make it a little bit complex. Um, so Jesus is the culmination of God's rescue plan. But, and Jesus fulfills all of Scripture. And, but, and so one of the main things Jesus is doing is Jesus is showing us that he's God. Okay, okay, we get it. All right, we get that part. Um, he's showing us that he's God. But, all, but Jesus is also showing us that regular human beings, that, that humanity, that human flesh, um, can actually be close to the Father. That through the power of the Holy Spirit, it's possible for a regular human being to be in relationship with God. So it's complex, right? Because Jesus, and there, Jesus is doing other things also. But there's two major things Jesus is doing. He's showing us that he's God, but at the same time he's saying, I, I, just like it says in Philippians chapter 2, I can sit, Jesus is willing to set aside, set aside some of the privileges of heaven and say, I will take on human flesh and so, so that regular people can understand what it is to live, to, to find God. And, uh, I love Christian theology. I love big ideas. Um, I've had a chance to study Jesus stuff for lots of years. I even got to go to like formal school where you study Jesus stuff. And um, one thing that I found out about Jesus stuff is it's a deep well that I will never get to the bottom of. And during the preparation for this talk this morning, I was just cranking through audiobooks like I always do, and I have like four or five other books that I'm skimming, and I have a couple books that I'm rereading. And but then I would just get so overwhelmed that I just started playing Words with Friends. Have you so Words with Friends is old news, right? It's 2009 it was made. And I'm just now getting on board, like as of 10 days ago. In other words, the moment I started preparing for this talk, I started Words with Friends too. 
oh, that game is dangerous. Because I'm playing Scrabble. It's a form of Scrabble, but it's kind of like, it's a form of Scrabble where you don't really even have to know what the word is you're creating. You just be like, this ought to be a word. Let's see if it is. No, not, this should be a word. Oh, that's a two-letter word. I didn't know that existed, but that's helpful. Like, and so you sit there and you're just like trying all these things. And two of the nights where I should have been preparing for this talk, I was playing words with friends for like two hours straight. And so I've been playing against my wife, and I swear I'm a more of a word person than her. She's wicked smart, but I like to think that there's at least some categories where I, I'm better than her. She kills me at this game. I mean, she destroys me by like 100 points. But I think God is just making me humble because I'm pretty sure I'm still better. And uh, I've been playing, my mom is a big word person, and so I've been playing words with friends against my mom, uh, like three games at a time against both of them. And then I've been, pray, been playing against my high school math teacher because, beca like, because it's connected to Facebook and every person that I've ever known in my entire life. Um, there's this possibility of playing words with friends against everyone on the that I've ever known <laughs> And so one night I was playing 25 games simultaneously And so this is what can happen sometimes when you dive into th the things of Jesus and you get overwhelmed So be careful words with friends words with friends can be can <laughs> Could be a problem now, now a few of you are going to be like, oh, I'm going to, next time I, I'm on Words with Friends, I'm going to be like, Sven, I, whatever, challenge you. First fill in the blank, Jesus is the center of what matters. Paul to the church in Colossae in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 and 16, he sums it up this way. He says, the Son is the image of of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, this, by the way, the Son, meaning Jesus, for in him all things were created. What? For in, you know, he just said, for in Jesus all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. The Son is the image of the invisible God, meaning, in other words, the Holy Spirit. In other words, Father God, who is also Spirit. And it says, Jesus is firstborn over all creation. And that can be confusing because it makes it sound like, wait, was Jesus created? How can God, Jesus, be God and be created? But we know that firstborn doesn't just mean, can mean something beyond that. Um, even David in the Old Testament, in, in Psalm 89, verse 27, there's a prophetic psalm where God calls David the firstborn, even though he was the seventhborn. And it had to do with rights and responsibilities and privileges. It has to do with being the most important, with being the one who, who, re, who receives the inheritance from the Father. And so that's what that means there. And as I look at this, it's challenging for my brain. And, uh, and I think it's useful to pray things like this. I don't have it all figured out, God. I'm trying to understand, but with as best I can understand, I'm going to pray with that bit of understanding that I have. And I'm just going to, as best I understand, I know that you, Jesus, represent God the Father. And, and, and it's through the Holy Spirit that you dwell in me. And that is my question this morning. What if this God 
was willing to be really authentic and vulnerable and find a way to understand what it's like to be human people like us. What if Jesus is God the Son, sent by God the Father, experienced now through God the Holy Spirit, and can our minds try to comprehend one uncreated and eternal God, co-eternal, co-equal, made up of three distinct persons. Our next fill in the blank is this. When we learn about the life of Jesus, we are also learning about the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, depending on what stream of Christianity you grow up in, the different aspects, parts of the Godhead, either Father, Son, or Holy Spirit, you can get kind of, kind of wigged out by it. Sometimes some of us have had earthly fathers who, uh, who um, were not healthy, who made a lot of bad decisions, and it can be really difficult for us to even comprehend, do I even want to comprehend God, God being my father? Or maybe different streams of Christianity where, where the words Holy Spirit are said very often, but maybe you've had a negative experience where that was used in a negative way. But what's beautiful about the study of the Holy Spirit is that what you'll find again and again in Scripture is that the primary focus of the Holy Spirit is pointing us back to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is always going, yes, I'm present. I am the living God. I'm present to you, and I point you back to Jesus. You want to know what I'm like? Yes, I have a distinct personality. I'm the Holy Spirit. I'm a distinct person in the Trinity, but I point you back to Jesus. I love to point you back to the Father. I love to point you back to Jesus. Jesus does the same, right? Jesus says, I'm perfect representation of the Father, and I, I love offering you the Holy Spirit. The Father does the same. The Father says, I love giving you my, the, the gift of my son, Jesus. I love giving you the Holy Spirit so you can have Jesus living within you. And this language can be challenging um, we have a lot of worship songs where we say the words Holy Spirit. I have a little challenge for you. Um, we, a lot of thought goes into the writing of Jesus songs, worship songs. And just be aware in the weeks and months ahead, anytime the Holy Spirit comes up. Because watch how even in our worship songs, you'll go, oh, wow, there's a level of intimacy and closeness to the Holy Spirit described in these songs that I don't know, I don't, I'm singing this, but I don't know I really talk to Jesus this way. I don't know that I talk to Holy Spirit this way. I don't know if I talk to Father God this way. So that's a little challenge for us. And, but sometimes we're wondering, we're trying to listen to God and trying to listen to Holy Spirit. And I, I've heard it described sometimes as trying to listen to God, that still small voice. It's kind of like trying to remember, um, to remember what your friends looked like in kindergarten. You're just like, trying to remember. I have this vague memory, but I, 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 if, I, if you showed me a photograph, I could probably name most of them, you know, but trying to listen to the Holy Spirit, it's, it's subtle a lot of the times, and there are moments where it's just boom, earthquake style, but a lot of the times, it's very subtle, and so one of the ways we can ask we can ask God, is that the Holy Spirit, or is that just pizza I ate, or is that just my breakfast burrito? You know, is it just weird emotions inside of me? One thing we can go is, hey, does that sound like Jesus? Does that, does that sound like, what, does that sound like, is that full of the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Galatians chapter 5, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. Colossians 2 verse 9, actually, John 13, um, 
I love John 13 through 17. If you just were, if you were going to spend the next year and just read four chapters of the Bible, I would recommend John chapter 13, 14, 15, 16. Now that's five chapters. I get to work on my math. And uh, Jesus, at the Last Supper, before he's to be crucified and raised from the dead, he has this big sit-down talk with the disciples, and he maps out so much stuff that we will spend eternity, even in heaven, we will be learning more from those chapters. And, I, and John, uh, the disciple of Jesus, chapter 13, the big number 13, I tell my kids that the, numbers are, are, the chapters are the big numbers, the verses are the little numbers when we're looking through the Bible. John chapter 13, verse 20. Very truly, I tell you, this is Jesus talking, whoever accepts anyone I send accepts me. And whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. In other words, he's saying, hey, if you accept the Holy Spirit, who, am I, who I'm sending, you're accepting me. And if you accept me, you're accepting the Father. And there's a vulnerability, there's an openness um, that, that the Holy Spirit has, that Jesus has, that the Father has by sending Jesus. It's a powerful vulnerability. And me, um, as a dad, I'm a stay-at-home dad. My wife is able to, to make money for our family, for us to stay afloat financially. I'm super appreciative of that. So I get to homeschool my kids. And I know not everybody gets to do that kind of thing. And so I, most of the time, I have a really good attitude about it. And uh, every once in a while, I get grumpy or whatever. Then I have to pray. Um, but one thing as a dad, one of my strengths as a dad is I'm good at just, like, getting kids in an environment and, like, teaching them to toughen up. Like, I'm good at, like, okay, like, all right. You know, it's like, you got this? I'm Like, I can kind of call them into more. It's like, it's just, I think a, a lot of parents that may, might be like that, where the, that's kind of their gift. One of the more difficult parts of parenting for me is the, is the allowing my kids to have moments of weakness, allowing to be more vulnerable, to show them my weakness, to show them I don't always have it figured out. Because I'm a teacher to them a lot of the time. There's a lot of little speeches and a lot of like, don't forget this. And a lot of, there's a lot of these teaching moments with my kids that I don't pass up because I'm with them all the time. Um, and that's good that I do that. But um, I need to work on that vulnerability. And, and, I, and the Holy Spirit, um, Jesus, God, is very willing to be vulnerable. Just God's willingness to be human, to take on humanity, to be the God-man that Jesus is, is something we will try to comprehend in eternity. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 says this, For in Christ... All the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. That's Paul saying to the church in Colossae. In Christ, all the fullness of the Holy Spirit, all the fullness of the Father, it's all exemplified in there. The most, the most approachable way that you're going to understand the Holy Spirit is going to be through the person of Jesus. The most approachable way that you're going to understand the Father is going to be through the person of Jesus. Philippians chapter 2 is one of those chapters where you could just sit there, add that to your five chapters in the, in, the, in the Gospel of John. So what if this God not only invited us into more, but also joined us for the journey and promised to carry the challenges that we're not capable of carrying? What might it look like for Jesus, gift of the Father, to dwell inside of us through the Holy Spirit? What might prayers sound like in this situation? 
you know, I, I, I want that vulnerability I'm describing. You know, I, I've heard people say this and preach this, and I, I, this grabs my heart. Um, I, would lo- I would love to be a dad where my kids make big mistakes and they, um, and they, they really have a, a, a rough moment and they know they've done wrong. And, and their first response is, instead of, don't tell dad. I would love for, for me to grow in my willingness to accept their weaknesses for them to say, for them to make big mistakes and say, I got to talk to my dad. I want to grow to be that kind of dad. And Jesus is that kind of dad to us. Jesus, through the, like, representing the Father by the Holy Spirit. Next fill in the blank. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, help us to remember what matters. That same sit-down moment at the Last Supper, John chapter 14, verse 9, Jesus is still talking. Jesus answered, Don't you know, Philip? He's talking to Philip, a real person. Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Philip's like, show us the Father. Jesus is like, I'm showing you. I'm showing you right here. John chapter 14, verse 26 says this, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And that's what, how the Holy Spirit reminds us what the Bible is all about when we read it. Re- when I'm reading it this morning, the Holy Spirit will highlight certain things. Can't highlight everything, right? The whole idea of highlighting something is, is it's like, yeah, for you this morning by the Holy Spirit with God's perfect knowledge is going to go this is for you Holy Spirit leading us Holy Spirit also convicts us oh that's a scary word convicts us and that's not guilt and shame conviction is is you're, you're going in the wrong direction I'm calling you back to the love of the Father I'm calling you back to, to my goodness I'm calling you back to my heart it's not shame and guilt it's like, you know, shame and guilt is like, is, is the tool of the enemy. Like, you're messed. It's is like, God doesn't love you. God doesn't understand you. Just go do your own thing. He doesn't care anyways. And then the second you do it, God is so frustrated with you. All he ha- the only thing he has time for is to be so bummed out about you. It's like, wait a second. The, the enemy of my soul one second ago was saying that God has no time for me. And now suddenly God has all the time in the world to hate me. And, uh, and, uh, and that's a lie of the enemy. The conviction of God is saying, I call you back. I bring you back. I want you back. But also, the Holy Spirit has this amazing ability to know what we're capable of with the help of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist. And Jesus, there's this amazing trinity moment where the voice from heaven says this is my son in whom i'm well pleased and jesus is baptized by john the baptist and uh and the holy spirit descends like in a, in a form of a dove powerful moment powerful experience the heavens open crazy moment stuff happened in the physical where it's like whoa that's like spiritual but it's like in the physical world this is crazy next thing you know Holy Spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. What? What is the Spirit of God? Like, the Spirit of God just descended like a dove. Like, why are you taking Jesus into the wilderness to, be, to fast for 40 days? Uh, I, 
after you look at everything that we know about Jesus, everything we know about the Father, everything we know about the Holy Spirit, I think I have a clue on what the Holy Spirit was doing. The Holy Spirit is going, I know what you're capable of through the Spirit. I, I'm willing to test you. I used to be a long-distance runner years ago, and there were certain workouts that you would do during the track season where you knew if I can hit, if I can get on a treadmill and hit this many, this like if I can hit this pace for 60 minutes straight, or if I can do this many quarters, like we do like like 20, 20 to 30 quarter mile repeats, and it's like if I can hit this, if I can hit this benchmark, then I can be confident when I go into the race. I I know that I'm cap what I'm capable of. Holy Spirit does the same thing. Holy Spirit will test us. Holy Spirit knows by the by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to put you in a situation where you're just where there's no way out for you. I'm going to put you in a situation where you where you need the Holy Spirit and I know what you're capable of. You can do this. So there's a testing, there's a leading. And there's this this is something that has been big in my heart in these in these last days the, these last days as I've been um, preparing is there are these moments where the Holy Spirit is so, is so um, in our face, like so God is so near to us. It's just God just reassures us, and we need those moments. I'm thankful for those moments. But there are a lot of moments where my life feels like this. Where, where are you, God? Like, where are you? And you think about th this phrase, being led by the Holy Spirit. How does the Holy Spirit lead us? So the Holy Spirit knows just, en just enough, the Holy Spirit will, will, will make himself, will make us aware that the Holy Spirit is near to us. God is close to us. But then the Holy Spirit, it's almost like the Holy Spirit will hide. It's almost like God will hide. It's like God is hidden, which it makes sense, right? In not long term, not forever and ever, but to lead us, right? Where are you, God? Oh, 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 oh there you are. Okay, I'm going to go that direction. Where, where are you, God? Oh, there you are. And the Holy Spirit calls us, beckons us, reassures us, gives us just enough moments where we're like, oh, you're real, but just enough moments where we're like, where are you to where we know, wow, we gotta like, we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. And I'm, my prayer is that we as a people, we as a church, we would grow in that ability to, to be led by the Holy Spirit, to be led by Jesus, to be led by the Father. Like in this, in this Christmas series, and this Christmas time, every Christmas, there's an, always an ongoing thing in my heart where I'm just like, Jesus, what are you going to do in my heart this Christmas? Because every year, I'm only, I'm 45 years old, and I've been around the Jesus stuff lot, ever since I was a little, little kid. And some years, it's just, a lot of years these days, it's just like, what are we going to, like, like Christmas can just feel like this repetitive thing. Like, what are you really going to do this Christmas, God? And, the, and God's not afraid of those kinds of doubts. God isn't afraid of those kinds of feelings. God is like, no, I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you. Jesus ascended to heaven with his human body so that the Holy Spirit could be poured out on all human bodies. John chapter 16, verse 7. Jesus, still talking. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, meaning the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus, at the end of his life, says, it's going to be good that I leave. And his disciples are like, what? What are you talking about? And it's we know now because 
it, because by taking human flesh to heaven, by ascending to heaven, like all of humanity became a vessel for the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, God would pour his Holy Spirit on specific individuals. There would be a one prophet here, or one woman here, or, or one king, or there were just these moments where people here and there would experience the Holy Spirit. But in Acts chapter 2, verse 14 through 17, we have Peter, book of Acts written by Luke. Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. They're waiting for the Holy Spirit. Jesus had promised the Holy Spirit. And then he suddenly is filled with boldness. He suddenly has clarity about all these parts of the Bible that he studied before. He suddenly has clarity about all these moments where Jesus had explained things and he didn't quite get it. And this is some of what he preaches. He preaches this. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, addressed the crowd. You know, Judas Iscariot is not there. That's why it's eleven. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel when he said this. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Talks about all these ways that, all these powerful ways that the Holy Spirit is experienced. One of the ways is tongues. One of the ways is, is the resurrection power of, um, that raised Jesus from the dead. Some of it is, one of the ways is a changed life. One of the ways is, is a healed, healed body. Not any given one is like the number one indicator, or that's how you know you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus uh, the Holy Spirit loves to do it so many different ways. Jesus, before he died, um, before he res be after he was resurrected and, and before he went to heaven, he breathed on the disciples and he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then Acts chapter 2, like a wind and like fire, they experience the Holy Spirit again and they're speaking in other speaking in tongues people have called it the grand reversal of the Tower of Babel all the confusion in the book of Genesis God had brought it all back together and brought it back into harmony harmony where where access to the Holy Spirit is made accessible to everyone no matter what language no matter what people I'm thankful for all the ways that the Holy Spirit is made real in our lives. I, I grew up around lots of forms of Christianity because I lived at a summer camp. That was a pretty cool thing. I lived north of Anchorage, about an hour in Anchorage, Alaska. Name of the town where we lived was Chugiak, Alaska. And we lived at Chugach Christian Summer Camp. Chugach Christian Camp. That's no, it wasn't summer camp. It was Chugach Christian Camp. 9704. No, 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 no. That's 970. <laughs> Oh, no, 688 That was my phone number. And, uh, and, and uh, as a kid, there would be all these different Jesus churches, all these different Christian churches that would have church all summer long. And my parents had a lot of wisdom. My dad, said, my dad specifically me, for some reason, um, he, he's, he just said, Sven, anytime you want to go to church, with all, it, because there'd be church services all summer long, all these different churches, all these different backgrounds, assemblies of God and Catholics and, and people, uh, Korean, Korean Baptists and just all these different 
people that love Jesus, but doing church all these different ways. And, and so I watched Holy Spirit things happen at camp where I lived that were much different from even the way I grew up. I grew up in a Pentecostal church where we talk about the Holy Spirit a lot. They used a lot of King James Version back there. And so the King, in the King James Version of the Bible, uh, the Holy Ghost is what you call the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. And uh, I remember when I was five years old, I was in a, I was in a prayer room. And in, the, in regular church, people wouldn't speak in tongues a lot. But like people kind of had a personal prayer language that they would pray a lot. And in that stream of Christianity, it was very normal. And so there would be a number of people uh, speaking in tongues really loud. And I was five years old going, this is so weird. Like, I even know this is weird. And I'm five. Like, I, like and one day, um, one evening, actually, I remember it was a Wednesday night. Uh, we're in this prayer. And, you know, and I swear, these were the thoughts going through my mind. This is so weird. How long is this prayer time going to take? And then suddenly, I'm just speaking in tongues. It was really weird. I started just like, and it, not like an entire language. It was just like 10 to 15 words. And I started to cry. And then my mom was like, I think you're being filled with the Holy Spirit. It was a crazy moment. Um, and some aspects of that have stayed with me all these years. That, I was five years old back then, so that was like 1982 or something. You know, that was a long time ago. But some aspects of that moment, there are other moments in my life where I've had spiritual experiences with God, with the Holy Spirit, that were different from that, and that have stayed with me. But the most important aspect of that is God with us, pointing to Jesus. Every good gift available from the Father, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. And so my number one prayer that I want to pray is, 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 Anything you are willing to give, God, anything you want to give, anything I'm supposed to ask for, I'm asking for it. If there's something I don't understand, man, I don't know. But, but Holy Spirit, like, fill me any which way you need to fill me. Like, hit my life with any, any way that you can. I'm a leaky bucket. I need to be, I, I, I get filled and I, I'm told, I'm reminded that Jesus loves me and Jesus cares about me and the next day I forget. I need to be reminded again and again and again. I need the Holy Spirit again and again in my life. And as I close this morning, my prayer for us is that we would pray that and that we would receive once again that living presence of like just that open posture of like whatever you got, God, whatever you got, I want you to be with me this Christmas. I want you, Jesus, show me by your Spirit Show me, Jesus. Be near to me. The Holy Spirit can live inside of me and me and make Jesus the gift of the Father as close as my breath. As close as my breath. So near to me. John chapter 16, verse 13 through 15. There's so much in these verses, but what I want you to focus on as I read, the, and that, read, that, read it is the threeness, the three persons of the one God. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, this is Jesus talking, he says, but when the spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit, comes, he will guide you, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own, he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, the Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus, because it is from me, it is from Jesus, that he will receive what he will make known to you. And all that belongs to the Father, 
is mine. All that belongs to the Father is Jesus's. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. There's a lot there. But I want you to hear, I want, the reason I read that is I want you to hear from the voice of Jesus this, this, a description of the Holy Spirit, a description of his relationship with the Father. Paul describes to the church in Galatia, Galatia what this is like. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it says this. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Now, given everything we've talked about this morning, how on earth does Christ live in Paul? Through the Holy Spirit, gift of the Father. The life I now live in the body, I live by the faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So if the worship band would come up, I want to land on this. Christ in me, through the Holy Spirit. Christ, Jesus, gift of the Father, through the Holy Spirit. The creator of with, the inventor of with, the originator of withness, the, the, the source of community, the source of that presence, the source of that vulnerability. And so we want to pray that this morning. For some of you this morning, it might be your first time where you're like, you know what, actually, I don't know that I've really had relationship with Jesus before in that way, and I just want that. I want that I, I can feel Jesus knocking on the door of my heart. I want to welcome Jesus. I want to welcome the living presence of God. I want to welcome the Holy Spirit, gift of the Father, into my soul. I want my very breath to connect me to God. I want a yes in my heart. And so if you'll, if you, if uh, just I think, it's, I think it's good for us to stand. If you'll just stand with me and we'll just pray together. I love the open posture of open hands. Um, so I, I invite you, you don't have to, but if, if you would like to, I invite you to, to just stand with both hands open as a physical way of, of, of showing that there's a yes in your heart to Jesus, a yes in your heart to the Holy Spirit. Does it have to be that way for you to receive the Holy Spirit? No, but that's one, that's one symbol. And so we just pray that. We just pray this this morning. Jesus, would your living presence be in us? Living God, would you be near to us? Holy Spirit, would you, would you be with us in every part of our lives, in our work? In our, in our strengths, where we're, 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 the things we're really proud of, but also in the stuff where we're not real proud of it. Even in our mistakes, in our weaknesses. God, would you meet us in that too? Would you love us enough to allow for us to have strengths and weaknesses? Jesus, would you show us how to be vulnerable? Show us how to, how to connect with your spirit this Christmas season. Jesus, all through this series, we pray that your presence would just be no, made known to us. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Amen, amen, amen. Let's sing.